that talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back. It's your Thursday Buckeye Talk. It's Doug Maurice. It's Nathan Baird. It's Stephen Means. And it's the spring game. This will be your last podcast before Saturday's noon kickoff for the spring game in Ohio Stadium, because we've already given you three this week, and we will do a post-game podcast after the spring game on Saturday. So those will be your five Buckeye Talks for the week. We are going to draft dueling Ohio State rosters. I won't call it spring game rosters, because we're not limiting ourselves to... Um, guys who are available this spring. We're not, we're not trying to guess who's going to play and who's not. It's just we're trying to give you guys a reflection of the best players on Ohio State's roster, where there's depth, where there's scarcity. So Nathan and Steven will be drafting dueling teams, 22 guys each. We'll do that in a bit. But we will start off with Ryan Day speaking to the media on Thursday morning, Nathan. Kind of a final reset. They're 13 practices in. They have one more practice on Friday as part of the coaches clinic. All the the high school coaches who are going to that can watch that practice. There's coaches clinic stuff happening Thursday night as well. Uh, And then practice 15 is the spring game. What's the sense, Nathan, of what we got of what it's going to look like? Because we hope there are people listening to this who will be at the spring game in Ohio Stadium because we always say Pretty cheap way to go watch the Buckeyes. What are they going to see? So, obviously, I have a, a limited spring game um, history here. Last year was my only one so far. And in the past, I know that they've split into, like, scarlet and gray teams, right? Like, it's and, – and there'll be – each of those will have an offense, defense. You play more of a, a scrimmage. I don't think it's been exclusively what they've done. And this year, they're going offense versus defense. And the main reason they said that that is the case is the offensive line depth is so thin that and rather than having guys flipping back and forth between both teams, just have an offensive scoring system, a defensive scoring system, and everybody gets the same amount of reps. And then last year, the ones again, spring game that I have experienced here where they did the thud tempo where you just go up and bump a guy, but you're not taking him down to the ground. You're not fully tackling. They're going to start off with that this year, but the majority of the scrimmage will be full tackling, which day said that they felt like they could do because of they have enough depth at, at places or across the field, I guess, basically, and that they think they need it. They think there's enough young guys still that need that like live game action that they feel like it's a benefit. So people who come on Saturday for the low, low price of $7, will see Ohio State football really playing football. Free parking, seven bucks. They're still trying to get people to come. So you'll be able to get a ticket when you show up. I mean, they've drawn 100000 to this game before. Looks like it's supposed to be like in, like I don't know, high 50s. So I don't know, decent weather. What do we know? It's not, we're not a weather for a uh, podcast. Can you imagine a weather podcast? Like 15 minutes on just, Hey, you think it's going to rain tomorrow? Eh, I think my, I think maybe it will. How hot do you think it'll be? I think it's going to be like 58. What do you think? I think it's going to be 55. All right. That was weather talk. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Steven, were you surprised that they're going to tackle? Yeah, a little bit. And so like I followed up just because, especially from a running back standpoint, I understand the only way you can really find out about running backs is if you do fully tackle, but I don't think you need to find out anything about these running backs. And when you only have three scholarship guys, you would think that they would want to take it easy in the chance of like somebody getting hurt. 
because you're only at three. I understand you're adding one more in the summer in Dallin Hayden, but the way he talked about Marcus Crowley, that's more of a long-term deal. You might want to play it more on the safe side with some of these running backs. From from that standpoint, I would have maybe thought, you know, you want to thud it up. But if you're the, the answer to that is we've got a lot of guys who just need to play football, then okay. It is one of those things. It's uh, it's a, how coaches always talk, but it does. How do I want to say this? When you sort of talk about, well, if we tackle, guys might get injured and we can't afford injuries there versus if we tackle, guys might get injured. But we're okay if guys get injured. <laughs> like It's no. not that they don't think guys will get injured. It's that if someone gets injured, uh, we have somebody else. But I, it's hard because, I mean, frankly, most of the – I'm not shocked. I'm a little surprised that they're tackling. But, I mean, to be honest, Nathan, it's just like – you don't want Travion Henderson to get hurt. You don't want Emeka Agbuka and Marvin Harris. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba probably maybe won't play that much. You, Right? It's like, not to be right. crass, but it's like, what if a third teamer gets hurt? It's like, well, bad luck for that guy, but the team will survive. But it does feel like they think, they just think they need, there's a trade-off to everything. And you could not, not tackle all year and have your best player get hurt on the first play of the first game. So it's a violent sport. And it does feel like they just think they need it. And I do think he wants, I think he wants to see this Jim Knowles defense tackle, even though he said Jim Knowles is not going to be dialing stuff up. It's going to be basic defensive scheme, but they want to get after it. Well, a couple of things. Number one, obviously the quarterbacks won't be live, which is a thing that we should probably say. So it's not like someone's going to come barreling in and Jack Sawyer's not going to be back there throttling CJ Stroud to the ground. So that's not going to happen. Uh, also, there's a difference between I think it's OK to have a policy where we're not going to go full tackle all spring, but we are going to tackle in the spring game. It's, it's an instance of one versus an instance of an accumulation over the course of a spring. I think it makes sense to tackle here. I was a little surprised when he said it, too, but I, I think it's it makes sense to culminate the spring by playing something close to a real football game. And And the other thing is, yes, I understand not wanting to get guys banged up whatever and risking some injury, I guess you're running backs, but that can happen. I, I've seen it happen actually in a spring game, another team that I covered where a guy just like breaks into the open when their guys going to be when they're starting running backs. And then like the sniper gets him, he just goes out because he stepped in the wrong place, turned his knee the wrong way, torn ACL out for the year. Like that, that stuff can happen too. It's not just all tackling. It's, it's, it's a physical sport and no way you can protect from everything. So I would, I would actually, in this case, it's one day I would lean into it's time to play real football. So I think The Athletic wrote a story last week about coaches. Some coaches maybe think that spring games are losing their juice, losing their resonance. Like, why do we do this? And floating the idea of, hey, maybe what if this was an opportunity as as big as power five conferences discourage their members from scheduling FCS schools? I know Notre Dame just scheduled Tennessee State but they're independent. They don't have a conference commissioner who's kind of saying, hey, don't schedule those anymore. Ohio State has done it in the past. Ohio State has played Youngstown State. Ohio State has played Florida A&M, but it's kind of discouraged now. It's a nice payday for those FCS schools. They, Some people have said, hey, what if we made spring games against FCS opponents? And I didn't read the whole story. I, I, I assume if you're going to do it, you're going to play football because how could you bring in an opponent 
and sort of not play football. I mean, I know NFL teams do it in camp and you can do controlled scrimmages and that kind of thing, but it would be the idea of, I think a little more game like action. It's somebody different rather than going against yourself. It would be a, a positive for the FCS schools. So I asked Ryan day about that today and Ryan day said, I haven't given it a ton of thought, but we should probably talk about it. He was open to it. Steven, what do you think with where we are now with spring games? What would you think if, if Saturday was Ohio State versus Youngstown State? And it doesn't count in the standings, but it's kind of like a football game. It sounds good until somebody's quarterback gets hurt and it's not good anymore. But I, I think... It would be a good way to shake up the nine months between actually getting to hit somebody who isn't your own teammate, because that's all it used to 15 practices of I hit my own teammate and then it's fall camp, which is a month of I hit my own teammate. So I don't necessarily get to hit again until, you know, the first game of the season, which is why you probably see a lot of sloppy tackling to start opening, opening up the season. So it's a good way to shake things up. It's a good way to get these FES schools some money. Um, yeah, I like the idea, and I think coaches like the idea, too. I think Ryan Day likes the idea, too, until C.J. Stroud or Kyle McCord or Devin Brown gets hurt, and then he probably doesn't like the idea anymore. Well, no, the quarterbacks still aren't going to be live for a game like that, though, I think. But, like, you can build in yeah, those sorts of protections. Yeah, yeah I think it's, those protections. Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, could, it'd be easy. Tell, it'd be easy. Just tell everything. We're playing normal football. Don't tackle the quarterback. Just tell the officials to blow the whistle, blow it dead when the guy is within three yards of the quarterback or whatever. Like that's a yeah, that's an interesting uh, because then it's like, is it really a sack? Would it have been a sack if the quarterback is live? You know, you it adds in all these extra variables. It's at the point of the experience. It's at the point of the yeah, experience. Nobody would care. Nobody's tallying. It, you're not. Nobody's you're keeping not, stats. Well, you keep score, but you wouldn't keep stats. I mean, there's a way you can do whatever you want. You could do whatever right. you want, or you could just not play CJ Stroud in the game. I mean, there, there's and, already and Devin Brown and, and Kyle McCord be live. I would be for there's that already, treated like a preseason game where like maybe Stroud plays like a quarter and then you sit him down and you get your backups in there. Then that makes sense. There's already some precedent for this in the secret scrimmages that they do in basketball. And those are now those are typically more like talent equated matchups, which is why they don't want anybody to see him. So the one team gets embarrassed mm-hmm. by, by somebody at the same talent level. They it, it's, it's not official, but you can, in those scenarios, it isn't just an up and down game for 40 minutes. They, they play around with different, you know, formats and stuff like that. I think you could do that in one of these situations too. I mean, you could do a half that's a more closer to real scrimmage. I don't think the quarterbacks would have to be live and you could do a half that was situational or you could do red zone things. There's a lot of options that you could do. And I think it benefit a lot of people. I think the question though, is are you in, in this format, you're getting everybody on your roster a decent number of reps and that you would be forfeiting some reps for lower down your roster to have this sort of scrimmage or just not playing your main guys at all. I think you just don't play your main guys. And like, like I said, like the first stringers probably play the first couple of series, like a preseason game. And then you just start throwing out the younger guys. Cause they don't have this. This would be a preseason game. You yes. mean an NFL preseason? I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like an NFL preseason game where the starters basically play a quarter yeah. and then you sit them down. Because that's, I mean, and there are times, I mean, it, it, listen, the NFL preseason is to figure out who's going to make your roster yeah. for the most part. And then, like, and they used to play three preseason, four preseason games. Now they play three. They used to play the starters for like a half in week three. So 
that's what Ryan Day is used to. I'm sure Ryan Day thinks of that. And I know the guys who come back from the NFL think, why don't we have any of those? Because especially when you open with Notre Dame and it's like, okay, here we are, play, and it's a good opponent, and it really matters. Why don't we have something like that? This would be the closest thing to that. I actually think there's probably room to figure something out with that. I don't like it as much for a spring game. Because to me, the spring game is like a family picnic. And I don't want strangers at my family picnic. Because when it's your thing, you can do whatever you want at halftime. You can do whatever you want before the game. You can decide, hey, let's stop the game and have people kick nine straight field goals. You can do whatever. It's your deal. And as we say, when we tell people to go to the spring game, every person you're watching on the field is one of your guys. It's not like, uh, do you guys have the Youngstown State roster? Who's 63? For you? They don't think, everybody's a Buckeye. So I like what this, I love what the spring game is from a fan standpoint. And it's not what it used to be. And I'll, you know, they're, they're going to do some very nice things for Dwayne Haskins. Ryan, they mentioned that. Ryan, you, uh, Nathan, you've already written a quick story about that, that they're going to have moments to remember Dwayne Haskins. But you just get to be in charge. And they've had some awesome, fun stuff at the spring game where they've had Cardale Jones and Troy Smith and Braxton Miller having a passing competition. And they've had student races against Braxton Miller and Ezekiel Elliott. And they've had, you know, the band is going to perform the band's doing a Van Halen halftime performance. Right. I mean, like I, I like all that part of it. If they feel like they need or want, Something more like a game against different competition. I would almost think just do that then. But I would, I'm going to ask our texters, 614-350-3315. Like, what do you think people would rather watch on Saturday? Would they rather be going to watch Ohio State versus Youngstown State? And hey, we're getting Enoch Vamahi real reps here and seeing how he holds up. Or do they like this? Hey, it's all my guys kind of thing. What do you think fans prefer, Nathan? I think they want to see as many Ohio state football players as possible. I don't think they would be that excited because the, the, I mean, the competition level that you're bringing in is not better than Ohio state's second level. Right. So wouldn't, I think they would rather see, um, you know, they want to see CJ Hicks a lot on Saturday. They don't want CJ Hicks to lose reps to whoever is playing linebacker for Alabama A&M or whoever they bring up. Right. Yeah, but I think as in that situation, you might just see a lot of CJ Hicks anyway. But they also want to see Jackson Smith and Jake, but they also want to see the star. I mean, this the good thing about this spring game format is you get to see everybody that isn't hurt. Well, I mean, the bottom line is the way it's currently instituted, 100% of the people on the field are Buckeyes. And if you play somebody else, 50% of the people on the field are Buckeyes. So you're losing reps one way or the other. So like, I just, I don't know. And actually... Again, I didn't read this story. The, I, I don't know that it applies to Ohio State because you know what is awesome? Ohio State spring game. People yeah. make fun, and I've I've revolted against people who make fun of Ohio State fans for showing 100,000 people showing up for a spring game. I get that places where you get 7,000 people for the spring game, and it's like, then maybe you want to play somebody. Ohio State spring game is a great day. It has been Absolutely tremendous days. I actually think Ryan Day could use a little. I'll I'll be curious to see. It's gonna be it's gonna be very appropriate and nice what they're gonna do to honor Dwayne Haskins. 
Urban really got into the fun stuff. Like Urban was Urban was ready to make it a party. And and I still have I can remember I standing in the end zone as they had a 40 yard dash yeah. that they had a competition all spring to have students try to win the right to be the students who run in the 40 yard dash. And then they ran it and it was like a student, Brutus, Carrie Combs, Ezekiel Elliott, and Braxton Miller. And I, I think was standing Braxton in the end beat zone. Ezekiel in there. And like Braxton like practically ran me over in the end zone. I have this video and it's like, this is crazy. It's like a potato sack race. This is great. Why would you change this? What more do you want? I actually think Ryan Day is such a football guy. And this is like, I, I wouldn't mind a little more of a, of a party atmosphere. I wouldn't mind them trying to figure out something fun like that. Let's have students trying to kick field goals for $5,000 in scholarship money. Let's have Ohio State greats coming back to do silly stuff, have fun. Like I do, I, I do think they can maybe do that a little bit more. And that to me is part of the spring game and then go out and do what you're going to do. And I also want to talk about when we do the draft, I'll talk about draft memories, but I don't know. That's what I'm in favor of. I'm in favor of a nice worthwhile practice as practice 15 for the players and a celebration of Ohio state football for a cheap price for the fans. That's what I want. And most of the time, that's what Ohio state gives you on a Saturday in April. I'll give Ryan Day some benefit of the doubt that maybe he does some of that on Saturday because yeah, I think he's only had one normal spring game. Like last year we were in COVID. So you do kind of keep it simple and keep guys distance. In 2019, uh, Drew Kishman proposed to his wife. They like fake the field goal and they use it as a proposal. Obviously the Dwayne Haskins situation like throws a win a situation. His passing throws a wrench in this situation this year, but I, I'm not going to rule out that maybe for a half it's real football. And then in the second half, it's some fun, but also they're trying to figure out if their defense is good or not. So I, I'll give them some benefit of the doubt that we see some of that stuff because they got fun at student appreciation day. At first it was real practice and we were seeing some competitive stuff, but then they let the, the crowd come in a little bit closer and basically see things the way CJ does. They went through the, uh, the little hand signal things that they do before the game, before games every single week. So I'll give them some benefit of the doubt that we see something fun on Saturday. But it's not planned. I mean, I want Craig Krenzel versus Troy Smith trying to throw footballs through a tire, right? Oh. They didn't announce that they're going to do oh, that. Like that's, yeah, that's, I, that's, that's what I want, which they've done. Yeah. yeah. I, I want, want a I want more a, that. Yeah. A series where Dewan Jones plays quarterback. Yeah. Oh. Whatever. I mean, I just, I want people to have a good time and I, I mean, want them to have yeah. a good time. Because the other thing is, like, sometimes, like you said, it's going to be like 50s and sunny. Sometimes weather does not cooperate in mid-April right. in the that Midwest. Sometimes it's it's 41 and rainy on the day of the spring game. And so when you can throw some of that other stuff out on the field, I think it just helps keep the crowd in it, too. Gives them a reason for, for showing up and, and sticking out the cruddy conditions. I will say I also did really like the spring, spring game. And this was Trestle when it was Scarlet versus Gray and the losers had to mulch Buckeye mm. Grove. And then we would yeah. all go cover the mulching of Buckeye Grove. It's like, well, what are you doing today? So uh, I'm going to go watch uh, Jeff Hireman put mulch down. Cool. What else? Ryan Chazier is going to be like a little raking. You know, like I, I thought that was great. And it's fun to have a scoreboard. And Trestle kind of made up the scoring as he went sometimes. But I did like that. And they had drafts. The media would go, they'd divide up into two teams. The captains, the seniors would sort of divide up and have like four captains on each side and they'd pick a team. It was like a real life fantasy draft. And one year, and the, 
I, this, I, it, it was so different. It was just so different. And it's one of those things like it's Trestle, a button of Trestle. Trestle loved a spring picnic. The one year, Justin Boren was going to be one of the best guards in college football on the offensive line. And they drafted the spring game and it was like draft strategy. And the one team like took all the tackles. And it was like, I wonder what the other team is going to do for tackles. Like, oh, they're going to make Justin Boren play tackle. It's like, is he ever going to do that in a game? No, he never would. It'd be like if they had a draft and it was like, oh, sorry. One team took Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson and Donovan Jackson. It's like, who's a left tackle for the other team? Uh, Matthew Jones. Has he ever played tackle before? Nope. Is he going to do it on his field in the stadium as part of practice? Yep. Hey, draft strategy. What can you do? It was bazonkers, but that's how Trestle looked at it. So like, and that was great for the fans. You end up rooting. Like there's competition. Guys are trying to win. That was super awesome. I understand if you don't want to do that. So offense versus defense is cool because it could be ones versus ones, twos versus twos. You're going to get a handle on this. You're going to see Denzel Burke cover Marvin Harrison Jr. That's going to be super fun. But I mean, back in the day, Nathan, like that was as good as it got when they were actually competing because nobody, and I, I can attest to this, nobody wants to lay mulch. And I one year attended Purdue's spring game draft under Daryl Hazel, who was a Jim Trestle disciple, um, one of his assistants. And that's where he, he took a lot of ideas from Trestle. And that was one of them that that's, and the, the players really got into it. I always thought that was like a fun idea. I understand why there's, I think logistically what Ohio state is doing on Saturday probably makes the most sense, but a year ago with the offensive line depth they had then, maybe it would have made more sense then to fully split things up and, and let the players have some fun with it. Give them some, some skin in the game a little bit. So it's fine. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be great. But I think there's a, I would much rather lean into the fun of the spring game than be like, well, you know what? We just got to bring in an FCS team. So our third string defensive line can get better reps. Like I just, I, I just think you can find ways to do it. If the NCAA wants to say, Hey, you can have one of your practices in the spring be a controlled scrimmage against an opponent. Then just bring in Youngstown State and do I, it like last Saturday. I could see I, them maybe doing the basketball yeah. example eventually. Like bring somebody in for a closed scrimmage, controlled scrimmage, do it behind closed doors, away from the media, away from whatever. I, I could see them going to that format. I kind of don't know why they haven't. And, it's, and again, you, you'd pony up a few bucks. Sure, have them come out and do it. And it'd be a good experience for those guys. I, I do think if you are looking for solutions to fixing the spring game, it's you're not thinking about the Ohio State spring game. Ohio State is the best spring game. Nebraska has a great spring game. Like the programs where people really care and are excited. And it is, I think it's a lot like in the Midwest. It's like, oh my God, Stephen, I've been locked in my house all winter. Finally, flowers are blooming. Birds are chirping. And it's time for a little football on a Saturday in mid-April. That's that's a fun afternoon. If you're somewhere else where you can't get people enthused about a spring game, then I think you're trying to figure out what you could do different. But also, to that point, it just might not even be that big of an issue. There is an element to the spring game of, hey, this is your first opportunity to see your football team. And like sometimes, an yeah, sometimes that's good enough. I don't know if it needs to be. It, it sounds cool, but I don't know if it needs to be more competitive. It's just, hey, 
Come get a sneak preview of what your college favorite college football team might look like next year. That's what the spring game is supposed to be, whether it's fun or not, whatever it's come get a sneak preview and then we'll see you again in, in September. Okay. I think we've got it. I was a little surprised uh, that, so the things that he mentioned, Oh, did I not mention these? I want to mention these two things. The two groups that I think were nine minutes into the podcast. I can't remember what we said. There were two groups that Ryan Day said there seemed to be death issues, the offensive line and then safeties who are, and then you clarified it, Anthony, who are like ready to play, not numbers. He's like, we're over on numbers. Like, yes, you are over on numbers, but he means ready to play. Jansen Dunn out all spring, Lathan Ransom out all spring, Josh Proctor limited, Court Williams, maybe a little something. So like that, like, hey, guys who are ready to be on the field, we're not there with what we need to be. And then offensive line was, hey, we have we love our starters. And we have like two other guys we believe in. That to me was not an admission. We've seen it all along. That 2020 recruiting class where they took four low-ranked offensive linemen, Josh Fryer is one of those four. It seems like he's in the mix. The other three are not. And wait, and then when they we are saying things like this, Ryan Day is saying we have guys coming in this summer who need to come in ready to try to fight for the two deep. To me, that's the third-year guys from 2020. And then there's two guys in 2021 who are second-year guys, Zem Machowski and Ben Crispin, who – if Ryan Day's telling the, the Tegra Shibola, who's not here yet, hey, show up and be ready to go. Well, I guess maybe those guys, that's two recruiting classes, third-year guys and second-year guys who don't seem to be filling up the two deep, which again is a big reason why Greg Sudrawa is not here anymore. But that's what that saying. Say, I, yeah. I just want to tell people, what does it mean what he said? That's what that means. Yeah, I mean, it's it, we've talked before about how bottom heavy this class is in terms of the cl- or this group is in terms of the classes are in 12 of the 16 guys on the roster at offensive line are freshmen or sophomores by their class. But you're making a good point that all of those sophomores are third year sophomores. They're all red shirt sophomores. Fryer, James, LaRue, Tutant and Luke Whipler. Now, Whipler is obviously doing his job. Well, but, but I Luke think- Whipler was there. He was a top 100 guy. He wasn't right. Yeah. That so, right, right. So, but what I'm saying, it's, it, you're right. It, I think it's those other four guys that they, and I don't know how much I like blame those guys, but they put a lot on those guys. The whole, you know, that was how this was going to have to work out for this season was that somebody from that group was going to have to emerge and prove himself to be big 10 ready. And I think day is saying that hasn't happened. Well, I think Fryer is Fryer's been Fryer, hurt this if spring. He's, if he's healthy, yeah. But I think healthy Fryer is, but they're a little short on the depth. I think healthy they, Fryer is, is, proven to be big 10 backup quality we'll see if yeah. that would be yeah. frontline i think well, he's not the, gonna be frontline he's not gonna start yeah could he be their sixth or seventh or eighth best offensive lineman i think they think that when he's healthy i think one of those four hitting is a good batting average if when you knew they were all the of I those four two, i think two would have been good one's okay one's okay one to just four. be backups to just be good backups. That's what we're talking about right now. We don't need one of those four to be an all big 10 caliber starter. You're just talking about uh, guys who you think can fill out the two deep. And I think he's saying the two deep isn't there right now. Yeah. I might put more of the emphasis on the fact that Donovan Jackson's the only top 50 recruit as an offensive lineman in the 2021 guy as a second year guy. He's, um, I mean, Ben Christian's 124, so he's not far off, but like I put him, I mean, Chris, 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 Bennett and Bennett and Ben. Jesus, we've already had this discussion for five minutes. <laughs> ben, ben 
Ben, so he's like right on the edge. Like I won't be if he takes a leap this fall in the fall camp, that won't be shocking. But it's just the fact that Donovan Jackson is the only top 50 recruit in that class who seems like the only second year guy who seems like he's even close to being ready on the field and he's a starter. But we're just going by about what Ryan Day said. Ryan Day could yeah. have said Ben Crispin and Zemachowski look awesome. They're ready to be in the yeah. two deep. And, and he did. He said, I hope the guys coming in this summer are ready to compete. So I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just telling you. The second and third year guys, Whippler and Jackson are starting. Friars may be in there when he's healthy. And then there are five other guys in that group. Mm. And Ryan Day is saying, we need our true freshmen to come in and be ready to compete on the two deep on the offensive line. It's, it's not calling anybody out. It's trying to define what are we talking about? And what we're talking about is, they're short. And again, yeah. it's Ohio State. We knew it when they did it. It's like, Greg okay, Chazal was last gift to Ohio State, man. I guess. I mean, like, again, because J.C. Latham's not here. Correct. Right? Zach Rice isn't here. So, like, okay. Well, now to hear where we are. But, Nathan, this is going to show up, like, next year if they don't figure this out. Because, oh, yeah. you know, normally it's like, I mean, to, uh, Luke Whipple was a top 100 guy. Harry Miller wasn't around last year. Luke Whippler got put in ready. Matthew Jones was a top 100 guy. He tried to win a job last, you know, for a couple of years, didn't quite win it, but was good depth. And then when he got a chance to play as a sixth offensive lineman last year, he was really good. And now he's going to start like they don't, they're saying they don't have those guys. They don't have Whipplers and Matthew Joneses waiting behind the starters right now. And that's an issue. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking, they're saying right now they're worried about depth and now take Matt Jones, Dewan Jones, Paris Johnson Jr. completely off. That's what you're looking at next, next year, fall. right? In That's what you're looking at. Right. So, so it's nobody who's been listening to this podcast is surprised to hear that because we've been banging that drum going back into last season that this was coming, this problem, this, this, it, a problem big enough that does it sabotage what could be a great team in 2023 that the offensive line is just this underwhelming right now and they've got to fix it okay anything else from ryan day on thursday morning that we need to talk about before we start drafting i'm ready i'm ready to go go. good let's do this thing we'll do it next on buckeye talk uh all right let's do it this way steven i am thinking of a number that's either one or two what is it two it is two. You get to pick first. Wait, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I get to pick first, does Nathan get to go back to back in the first? He round? should get the choice if he, if he wants to go first or if he wants to take the snake. But are we taking the snake, Buckeye Talk, or are we yeah, just going you back got a and snake. forth? No, you have to snake. That's not how we usually do it. We never yeah, it snake, is. do we? It's then you guys did it bad. Yeah, we, we've we, always no, snaked no, no, a no, lot. No, 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 no. Let's not start with draft criticism. If it's <laughs> yeah. two people, do we want the draft, the whole draft to be two picks for you, two picks for you? No, no, no. I'm saying I'm, no, I'm what no, I'm no, saying no. is the initial, the first person gets the first pick and then the second person gets two back-to-back picks and then we go back and back. Do your own draft. Fine. You guys do your own draft. Then. I'm just asking a question. Criticize my draft, my draft running. I'm just asking a question. What if he we criticized and, and then it's our snake. We're, we've, I think the last time we did this, what we did was, the first person got the first pick, and then the second person got back-to-back picks, and then it was just back and forth after that. Okay, that's fine. That's what we want to do? That's what we're doing? 
But we're not snaking the whole time. That's out. Yeah, no, no, no. It was never a snake the whole time with two people. It was just the initial was a snake just so it wasn't it didn't feel like the first person was constant. The second person was constantly getting the second option. Okay. So, So, Stephen, do you want the first pick or do you want picks two and three? I want two and three. Okay. Then, Nathan, your first pick, you're drafting 11 offensive players and 11 defensive players to make a full unit. C.J. Stroud is out. Devin Brown and Kyle McCord are both around. Everybody else is available. And it's not about who's going to be on the field on Saturday. It's about who are the best players, where is their strength, where is their scarcity. We're trying to learn about the Ohio State Buckeyes through this draft. Nathan, pick is yours. I'll take Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I'm curious to see what Steven does here since you were so eager to not take Jackson Smith and Jigba, Steven. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if two and three are really better than one here. Yes. Nathan, would you, did you want one Nathan or did you, would you rather have two, three? I, if we were going to do the snake, I think I would rather have two and three. But I'm I'm not I'm not upset getting one. Uh, it'll it'll depend on what Steven does here. Mm-hmm. Okay. If Steven drafts have... like I would draft here, I would rather have two and three. If he drafts Correct. like Steven will draft here, I would rather have number one because I get to come back with who I want next. You're not getting who you want next. I'm just gonna all tell right. you that right now. All right. I who thought about this. Steven? I thought about this all last night. Of if I get a chance to pick between one or two and three, which do I take? And how would Nathan draft if he had two or three? Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm taking Paris Johnson at two, and I'm taking Dewan Jones at three. Yep. Why? Because now Nathan has nobody to protect his quarterback from those edge rushers. Now Nathan's going to have to play Donovan Jackson at tackle. So yep. you guys want to do snake. Is it? Does this make sense to snake that Steven just took the two tackles back to back? Yeah, there's no pick on one and one and one and one and one and one. And you got the first pick and you have the ledge. I mean, it's your draft. This is what you guys chose. Well, we're not snaking anymore. It's now it's just going back and forth now. Everybody gets two of the top four this way. Yeah. You would have gotten two of the top four before. Someone would have had one and three and someone would have had two and four. All right. Go ahead. It's your draft. You're screwed, Nathan. I'm glad you fought for this. Good luck playing Zen Machalski. All right. So. But I will say now there's there's other positions where you can load up and do some stuff here. So, all right, Jackson is one, Paris is two, Dewan is three. Nathan, you're up. Um, I mean, it's yeah. Now, do you play the scarcity or you just oh take my god, the clearly best guys? I'll take Trevion Henderson here. Okay. All right, Trevion Henderson is four. So now Stephen goes to five, and now we go back and forth. That's what we're doing. You really let that happen? What's that? I'm taking Donovan Jackson. That's fine. Okay. Donovan Jackson at guard. So now uh, Nathan's going to be reaching on tackles, but he'll he'll be okay. He can build up some other areas. I can't believe we're going to wind up in a world where Nathan has the skill position, guys, and Stephen has the uh, lineman. What is happening? <laughs> uh, Nathan, you're up. I'll take Luke Whippler here. I respect it. Okay. Okay. Steven, pick seven to you. 
You guys are really scared of the backup line. Obviously. Ryan Day just told us he was scared of the backup yeah. lineman. So, yeah, I'm scared of the backup lineman. I'm just going to keep going. Uh, Matthew Jones. This is not that fun. This no, isn't is telling us anything about the team. <laughs> this is just being well, it, I think and Nathan screw each other over. I think, no, I think it's telling you where the, that this, that the scarcity on the offensive line is real. I know, and... but it's all right. Well, we all, we, we all, we just said, you just said we would talk about that all off season. Matthew Jones is not the seventh best player on the team, but he's the seventh pick in the draft. And Luke Whippler is not the sixth best player on the team. So um, this makes me want to be in this draft. Nathan, pick eight to you. Nathan, now to... Nathan can just save all his offensive linemen for the end and be like, eh, with pick 21, I guess I'll take Jacob James. All right. Uh, yeah, actually, that was probably my mistake was taking Whippler when I did. Um, I will take uh, who I think is maybe the best defensive player will be by the end of the year. I'll take JT Tuomolo out here. Okay. He's a little angry that he lasted this long to pick eight. We'll see if that motivates him in our fake spring game. Steven, who you taking? Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr., second receiver off the board with pick nine. So Steven has gone all, only one defensive player selected so far uh, of the first nine picks. Five offensive linemen, two receivers, a running back, and one defensive end. Nathan, pick 10 to you. Uh, I'll take Ronnie Hickman here. And I don't think it, I'm not going to declare which safety spot I'll put him at, but one of those back two for now. Yeah. Yeah. You guys shape it however you want. Ronnie Hickman at pick 10. Steven pick 11 to you. Um, yeah, this is where it gets interesting. Cause I do need to start going defense a little bit. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Denzel Burke. Yeah, got to take him there. It's got to be the pick. I think it's a little low for Denzel Burke, actually. Now, they like they like four corners, so it's like, all right, well, you're going to get a corner you yeah, believe he's in no proven. matter what. But yeah. he's, I think, significantly more of a sure thing than anybody else in that room right now. Pick 12. Actually, yeah, pick 12 to Nathan. I'm going to take um, a, a proven spring game warrior. In Jack Sawyer. Jack Sawyer. Interesting. I like the way you describe that. So this is kind of working out. You know, he's I've got the offensive lineman, but he's probably got the best two defensive ends here. So it's like I don't know about it. Well, I'm not sure exactly when we decided that Zach Harrison's not good anymore. I get J. I get taken JT over Zach Harrison. I, I don't I don't know, like the best two and then. You take Jack Sawyer over Zach Harrison and Steven, you follow up with he got the two best defensive ends. And I know you've said you think JT and, and Sawyer are going to start against Notre Dame. Is Zach Harrison not good at football anymore? I don't think he's not good at football. I'm just – I think the ceiling for what those two might be versus what he might be just might be a little smidge higher. It's not a knock against – it's more about what they might be than it's a knock against him. Based off Jack's, what makes what makes us think, JT, I completely buy. What makes us think that Jack Sawyer will be a better player than Zach Harrison this year? Why do we think that? They're both five-star recruits. One's in his fourth year, one's in his second. And Jack Sawyer did not play as much last year as we thought he would. 
That's that, I mean, it's, no, it's a fair question. Sure. I think, um, you know, part of me was just playing kind of with the spring game thing. You know, last year, a guy who came in and wrecked the spring game, maybe he'll do it again. Um, but also, I think that there is great growth that can happen between a freshman and sophomore year. I'm intrigued by what that means for Jack Sawyer. And if you're going to do some some Jackish stuff, he gives you that flexibility, too. OK, uh, I might be driving the bus for Zach Harrison when we do that podcast. Uh, pick 13 to Steven. Emeka Ibuka. Emeka Ibuka. Second receiver for Steven. Third receiver overall. Jackson Smith and Jigba went one. Marvin Harrison Jr. nine. Emeka Ibuka 13. Nathan, 14th pick to you. I'm going to take Common Cord. I don't know if there's a massive difference, I guess, between him. But I mean, a guy who's in his second year, he's actually started games. Maybe there's enough of a gap there that I can emphasize my skill position advantages right now. I, I think it's fair to assume there's a significant gap there between a guy who's been here and started a game and a guy who's still figuring out where the bathrooms are. And it feels like Ryan Day has indicated that through spring. Not that it's, it's just experience. It's only experience. But, you know, Devin Browns, they like Devin Brown, but they also like Kyle McCord. And I think, again, talking about a year one, year two leap, if you're putting somebody in a game, I think, yeah, Stephen, right? I mean, we think there's probably a significant gap there. What we got to see in that Saturday practice, um, I think, Doug, you described it perfectly. A guy who's got some experience and a guy who's still trying to figure out where the bathrooms are. Devin Brown had some moments, so I'm not going to sit here. And they love him. They love some of the stuff he's done. But it's just he's still learning the offense. Um, the composure in the pocket is not always there, um, even if he knows he's not getting hit. So, yeah, it's, it's, there should be a gap between where those two get taken. Yeah. All right, that's the 14th pick. Steven, you're up. Zach. Zach Harrison, pick number 15 at defensive end. Nathan. And again, like we're not it, just because a guy isn't playing on Saturday. It's the best players in yeah. our fake world. It's nothing right. had to do with Saturday. I'm taking Josh Proctor. Josh Proctor, second safety, pairing him with Hickman, which is might how that actually might go this fall. Uh, Steven, to you. Teron Vincent. Teron Vincent, first defensive tackle off the board, which we take as a sign of strength and depth at defensive tackle, not as a sign of weakness. How do we evaluate this, Steven? I think at, there's five I'm pretty confident. I think they're pretty confident in, and uh, maybe they had a six, but I think there's five guys for sure that they're pretty confident in, so you could take them a little bit lower. Nathan, would you have taken Teron Vincent as the first tackle? Yes, but it's tight. I, I'm, and I'm not happy with having to settle for other guys there, for lack of a better term. Okay. 18th pick to you, Nathan. So now it's like, do I want to try to make sure I get another good defensive tackle? Like who's second on my list? Or do I strike first at a different position? And I th think I'm going to do the latter and I'm going to take steel chambers first linebacker two the two positions that had nobody drafted yet were linebacker and tight end 
So I was curious when the first linebacker would go. I don't think I'm surprised that Chambers is the first linebacker. Steven, does that seem right to you? I mean, it seems right, but it's not one of those, oh, shoot, I didn't pick him first. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think we feel it's the same way I felt about defensive tackle. Yeah. It's yeah. like. That guy's good, but there's other guys who are almost yeah. as good. Pretty close. Might even be better. Who knows? Yeah, like, like he did him picking him didn't make me feel like, oh, I need to go get a linebacker now. Yeah. I can keep moving okay. along. All um, right, 19th pick. Well, since he got the safeties. Proctor and Hickman off the board. Yeah. Two safeties gone so far in a three safety defense. And yeah. you guys can play three linebackers if you want. I'm not playing three linebackers. Um can I play a single high safety with three linebackers? <laughs> like it's 2019. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly yeah. what our readers want to hear. Listeners want to hear. <laughs> um, I'll finish out the corners. I'll, I'll take Jordan Hancock here. I'll Jordan Hancock. I was curious. It felt like you guys were kind of waiting yeah. on corner because you guys actually, if Cam Brown is, I guess probably viewed as their number two corner right now. Nobody actually wanted to take Cam Brown ahead of Jordan Hancock and yes. J.K. Johnson. So then Steven just said, I'll just take Jordan Hancock, which I think yeah. probably – I now, that is a similar situation and conversation about taking Jack Sawyer over Zach Harrison. But I would say that Zach Harrison is a more accomplished and talented player than Cam Brown. Mm-hmm. And so that's why – so it's like – are you going with the guy who you pretty much know what he is? Cause he's been a solid player here for a long time. Or are you going with the top, you know, 100 top 50 national recruit in year yeah. two who might pop? Um, there are certainly similarities between the defensive end and cornerback situations, but I also think there are some differences there. So Hancock at 19, I think that makes sense to me. Nathan pick 20 to you. So I'm going to sort of uh, try to emphasize this pass rush I'm putting together, and I'll take Tyleek Williams mm. as my first defensive tackle. Okay. Tyleek Williams, your first defensive tackle, the second defensive tackle overall behind Teron Vincent. Again, I don't think we're surprised that that's the case, right? That's This is the guy with upside, even though – um, you know, some of his snaps last year were at the end of game. Steven, is this is this the second best defensive tackle you think, Steven? Um, I think he's on a list with maybe two other guys who belong there, but I think he has the best upside of the other two guys you're having a conversation with. Yeah. But at the same time, I think our team is just gonna go tempo and make him prove that he's actually in better shape. Interesting. Okay. Pick 21 to you, Steven. Ooh, do I take a flyer or do I just? No, I'm going to play it safe. Tommy Eichenberg. So I was wondering when this guy would go, because there's, you know, we can think what we think, whatever. I don't know. I think there might have been one name said Thursday morning by Ryan Day, and it was Tommy Eichenberg, Stephen. Yes. Yeah, like, one like unprompted name. Uh, yeah. Of yes. all the guys, it was Tommy Eichenberg has had a great spring. And I, he's one of the guys that Ryan Day used the word decisive with. And we've got to listen when they say stuff like that. He's come up too many times this spring. And I know we all have the tendency to just be like, oh, he's tough Borland. But 
Tough Borland never had the type of game Tommy Eichenberg had in the Rose Bowl, even if it was against a team who just ran the ball with a bunch of tight ends on the field a lot. I, I will say, I will interrupt you briefly to say this is he crazy. had a 15 tackle game. We were doing so on the College Football Survivor Show for the bonus podcast for Apple Podcast subscribers $2.99 a month to get four podcasts, the bonus pods. We've been doing Mount Rushmore of the playoff, and we have done running backs, linebackers, and receivers so far next week or in the coming weeks, we'll have defensive backs next, but you're trying to figure this out, right? It's like, what do you do? Well, one of the first things you do is you go through all the games in the history of the playoff and you see who the most valuable players were in a playoff game. And tough Borland was the defensive most valuable player of Ohio State's semifinal win in 2020. So I didn't double check the stats, but I get it that Tommy Eichenberg was the MVP of the Rose Bowl. Tough Borland was the defensive MVP of a playoff game. So that just yeah, he, that's a fact. Yeah, he was. I don't he had know. eight tackles that game, but he actually had 14 against Alabama in the national championship game. So I don't know what to tell you. So I, I do think now, because the hard thing here is coaches also talked a lot about tough Borland. Coaches love mm-hmm. tough Borland. They talked about tough Borland all the time. And then we would watch the games and think, is that guy talented enough to be out there? But he was setting up the defense. He was getting guys into the right position, all that stuff that matters for a middle linebacker. So Tommy Eichenberg so far in his career has seemed like a certain style of linebacker, which is, Hey, against Utah, I will tackle everybody coming at me and be the defensive player of the game. But What's going to happen if they're playing Oklahoma or Clemson or Caleb Williams and USC in the playoff, whatever. Right. So I don't know, Steven, I don't want to label Tommy Eichenberg with a tough Borland label, but it's kind of, it's hard not to at the moment because they love what he brings them. And you do need that. We can't poo poo. It's only get caught up in is a guy fast enough or skilled enough. That's not the only thing. Somebody has to run the defense, and Tommy Eichenberg is going to do that. And I also think he probably is a better athlete than Tough Borland. So that's mm-hmm. something, too. So if he's better than Tough Borland, then, then that's pretty good. But when Ryan Day brings up Tommy Eichenberg, of course we all noticed it. Of course we did. And it's about more about what they think than what we think. Although, as I say that, I think they played tough Borland too much There's, and that was what they thought, but I kind of disagreed with it a lot of the time. So I don't know, Steven, it's a, it's a hard thing to figure out, but it feels like he's going to be a big part of this defense because Knowles has said the same kind of stuff about Tommy. Eichenberg. It feels like with the tough Borland thing, it was a combination of what you were seeing, but also there was a five-star who ever so often would flash his potential and Baron Browning behind him. And so it's like, why is tough Borland playing more than this top 10 recruit? Cody Simon and I know I was like, I rode the train for Cody Simon all last offseason. He was quality last year. But one, he wasn't a five-star like Baron Browning is. And two, he didn't do necessarily enough that even if he's out of sight, out of mind right now, where you felt like he should be playing over Tommy Eichenberg. And I think that plays a role into this as well. Yeah. Yeah. Raquan McMillan's not sitting back there behind Tommy yes. Eichenberg right now. As like a perfect middle linebacker, maybe with more raw skills. So it is what it is. We're telling you Ryan day brought up Tommy Eichenberg. So if you're going to take 
a linebacker. This is why Tommy Eichenberg is the second linebacker off the board here. Nathan, would you like is would you think of Tommy Eichenberg's the next linebacker up in your mind, Nathan, or no? No, and I, I even thought about taking him because I think that right now those trend to be the two starting linebackers this fall. So I thought about taking him there, but uh, I, I just decided to make some other moves. Yeah. All right. That was pick 21. Nathan, pick 22, the halfway point to you. I'm going to uh, finish out my defensive tackles. I'll take Ty Hamilton. Ty Hamilton. Pick 22. Your defensive line is done. JT Tumaloao, Jack Sawyer, Tyleek Williams, Ty Hamilton on the defensive line for the Fighting Bears. Pick 23 to you, Stephen. And we are in this stage now where it's like Nathan has a center and Stephen doesn't, so Stephen can wait. Stephen has the other four offensive line mm-hmm. spots and Nathan has none of them, so Nathan can wait. Um, Nathan has both his defensive ends. Steven still has to get one. So Steven can wait there. So we're going to get into some of this like waiting because there's no imperative because the other guys already filled up, but uh, there's still some good players out there. Yeah. But also it's like, this, this is part of strategy, but then also like, it's not like it's a crazy concept to be waiting on the, take the next center. Cause it's Harry Miller is not the second center here. Right. Um, right. Right. There is one position remaining that has not yet been drafted. Yeah, and I'm not going to take it here. I'm taking Julian Fleming. Julian Fleming. So we are now in a situation where Nathan took Jackson Smith and Jigba number one, and Steven then took the next three best receivers. So he has Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, and Julian Fleming. Um, might have been a miscalculation there, Baird. I don't know. Might have been a little light. Might have been a little, might have been waiting a little bit there on the uh, on the receivers. We'll have to see where you fill in there, um, because there's there seems to be like there's like a clear top four as yes. we view the receivers at the moment. So um, as much as we said Stephen Means was shying away from skill positions early, he kind of came back alive, getting those three receivers. Pick twenty four to you, Nathan. I will take what I think will be the other starting safety on opening day. I'll take Tanner McAllister. So all three safeties covering the means receivers here. Tanner McAllister joins Josh Proctor and Ronnie Hickman as pick 24. Steven pick 25 to you. And now I can take the safety. I wanted to take anyway, Cameron Martinez. Cam Martinez, nickel cover safety coming in behind Tanner McAllister there. Pick 25. Nathan, you're up. So I'm going to have a little fun. <laughs> I'll be I, that guy. I, I, I'm going to be that guy. Like I, I, I'm going to take someone here. It doesn't necessarily fit perfectly positionally, but um, it's, it's the spring game. And we said that the spring game is about having fun. I'm going to take CJ Hicks as my other linebacker. Oh, no, that's fine. Hicks can be a Mike. I think Hicks can handle sure. Mike. Sure. That's okay. You don't have to take Cody Simon there. I, th- I, th- I think he'll figure that out. Oh my I'm okay with that. Plus, you thought you were going to pair Hicks and Eichenberg, Stephen? Yes, that's exactly what I was getting ready to do. Yeah. The old veteran guy and the, and the young five-star freshman, yes. what a pair they would be, like a buddy cop movie. Um, and you could have done it. I couldn't draft any more safeties. You could have waited to take Cam Martinez. 
Now we're just, but now we're just doing draft strategy and stuff. We just want to talk about good players. All right, pick 27 to Steven. That was really frustrating. Um, nine uh, defensive players, nine defensive players for Nathan so far, only six for Steven. I'll take Court Williams. Court Williams as one of your other safeties. Very hot early in spring. Um, as we got more Josh Proctor vibes. I think there's still good Court William vibes, but he was leading the drills early on. Uh, I will say, I'm curious. I'm, I mean, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. No tight ends yet. Do you think That's- the tight ends are just equal? It's, it's my next pick. I just, it doesn't feel like there's a, the higher ceiling there that there is at some other positions. I just don't think there necessarily is, but you, my next you, pick was going to be Cade Stover. Do you think there's a gap though between Cade Stover and who I, I assume Joe Royer will be the other pick? I a, do. A smaller gap. Yeah. But a gap, a yes. smaller gap. Or how they what? get used. Yes. There's a gap. Like we all spring, we were like, oh my God, their tight ends aren't yes. good enough. They have to get a transfer. And then Cade Stover was like, ah, I'm done being a linebacker. And we're like, oh, now they're fine. I, I would have taken Cade Stover higher than this because I thought I thought there is a gap. I thought like I would much rather have, even though now I think we're influenced by the fact that I know Nathan, you wrote this. CJ Stroud said, Joe Royer looking good this spring, which again is not nothing. Listen to the coach, listen to the quarterback. That's not nothing. But I still feel significantly more comfortable saying Cade Stover is my starting tight end. Cade Stover will be their starting tight end on opening day. I think Roy will probably be the secondary guy. Um, But I think you're right. I mean, Stover in terms of experience, in terms of physicality, in terms of just knowing what's going on out there, I I want him over over Royer in a draft like this. For what they want to do, there's a gap. Pick 28 Stover, pick 29 to you, Stephen. I'm taking Mike Hall. I think he has the biggest upside to be like that nose guard that they haven't had since Tommy Tommy Togi. All right. That's your second defensive tackle. So the defensive tackles for Steven, Teron Vincent, and Mike Hall. For Nathan, Tyleek Williams, and Ty Hamilton. Nathan, do you? So I think we've pretty much equated each other here pretty well. I'll take Cam Brown as my first corner. Okay the veteran presence and a guy who I thought acquitted himself pretty well last year, especially because it seemed like I know that we talk sometimes about how much he isn't out there, but I was more impressed by what he did when he was out there when sometimes maybe he shouldn't have been out there. If that makes sense. He played through a lot last year, I thought. So we are officially at the point where we're only drafting guys that you don't have that the other player person does. So let's let these final picks be, some reflection of how good you think these guys are like yeah. cam Brown, who's going to be a starter right. going there. That makes sense to me. Um, pick 31 to you, Steven. Um, mine Williams. Mine Williams as the number two running back opposite Trevion Henderson for Nathan. Any like no consideration of Evan Pryor instead, definitely mine Williams. Small consideration, but when you constantly see, it's Trey and Mayan working with CJ Stroud. Um, it, you can't overlook that. That hasn't changed in one practice. I continue to have Evan Pryor on my list of guys I'm curious to see in the spring. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm not, I would have taken uh, Mayan Williams. I 
I agree with that pick. 32 to you, Nathan. I'll take another guy that Ryan Day was saying really strong things about today, and that's Jaden Ballard. He said he said Jaden Ballard needed a big spring, and then he said good things about him. So um, he's going to be their fifth receiver. I, I, I mean, we have to figure out where Cam Babb is in the Cam Brown, excuse me, in the Cam Babb injury thing, because mm-hmm. early in spring, lots of people were saying lots of good things about Cam Babb, who was a really highly rated recruit and is ripped and super smart and seems to have everything you want if he can stay healthy. And then he had something happen. And then Ryan Day said he was going to be out for a couple of weeks. So, you know, Max Cam Babb, I think, is ahead of Jalen Jaden Ballard. It's just yeah. we've never seen Max Cam Babb be able to stay that way uh, with just his injury look. And then here we are with another little wrinkle here. So I think Ballard makes sense here at pick 32. Pick 33 to you, Stephen. Uh, Joe Royer. Joe Royer. All right. The last few, the, the last few positions I need to take, I need to, as you said, I need to take them in the order of which, like, the impact they might have this year. So that's why I use the first one. CJ said good stuff. CJ would know. Pick thirty three was Royer. Nathan, up to you. Thirty four. I'll, I'll round out my corners and finish my defense with Jacalyn Johnson. Okay. All right. Pick thirty four. Stephen, pick thirty five for you. Kai Stokes. Kai Stokes as your last safety. So that's the sixth safety. And is he the sixth safety? Like, or did you feel like you wanted him and you there you took him over somebody that could have been taken instead? Of the people who are here right now, yes. And that includes people who are not practicing. I think he's either five or six, um, depending on how the room shapes out. But then we can have a discussion once Sonny Styles gets here, depending on how quickly he can pick up on things this fall. So the orders order of safeties being picked. Ronnie Hickman, Josh Proctor, Tanner McAllister, Cam Martinez, Court Williams, Kai Stokes. Safeties not picked, Lathan Ransom and Jansen Dunn who are both out for the entire spring and haven't done anything. Marcus Hooker, who's around, and Andre Turrentine, who, when Ryan Day is sort of saying, hey, we need more guys at safety show when they're ready to play, I don't know. That, that's a guy who I think is practicing, and uh, it seems like an indication maybe they think he needs to raise his game a little bit to be able to ready to play. They just have a lot of injuries at safety right now. So Ransom and, and Jansen Dunn are all spring injuries. Josh Proctor has been limited. They said Josh Proctor is going to play Saturday early in the thud stuff when they're not tackling to the ground. He won't tackle. And then Court Williams has been at least limited at times. So that's why they're talking. And then you have a couple young guys that you believe in. Mm-hmm. But in terms of veteran guys that you feel like are healthy, you can put on the field right now. That, in the end, Nathan, is – he was he was factoring those injuries in of like, hey, we we haven't seen these guys, so like right now it feels short, even though the numbers are heavy. No, it makes sense. And again, we, there were two guys that they were counting on probably for depth that just walked out the door, so that cut into the, what they have available for this fall. Right. Yeah, but to the do either of those two guys get picked right now? Um, 
Shaw would have been borderline, probably. I, mean, I don't know about Cavazos. Only Shaw, only only as the sixth safety, maybe. But right. Steven, even you then, picked, you would have picked yeah. Stokes over Shaw. I, if right. it came down to like I'm picking the sixth safety, then I'm picking Kai Stokes. Yeah. So yeah. So that's what we're talking about. But when you but when you're starting that many guys, then then your sixth and seventh guys become more important. But as Ryan Day said, they're still over on safeties, even with the two guys that left. They're, they're still over on safeties. Over. So they, well, they, they've got they, they've got 16 offensive linemen too, but they're still they're right. still scared to death about the depth there. <laughs> All right, uh, Kai Stokes is pick 35. Nathan, pick 36 to you. Nathan, your defense is done. You yep. have a receiver and four offensive linemen. Right. I'm going to take Anak Vamahi here. Um, it doesn't really matter, I guess, what order I take these offensive linemen in now. But you know, the guy who has been mentioned several times this spring he gives you depth because i think he's proven himself as being able to play a couple spots capably so i'm gonna put him at guard on my team but you know he's the sixth offensive lineman drafted and i think he's the sixth offensive lineman on the team yes steven you're up <laughs> i could be childish and say i'm gonna put matthew jones at uh center and then take josh fryer at guard but i'm not gonna do that I'm just going to take my guys. Um, you should. I'm going to take. Go ahead. Actually, no, I'm not going to do it because this, this. No, I'm doing it. Forget it. Matthew Jones is playing center for me, and I'm putting Josh Fryer at guard. Okay. Matthew Jones is the backup center on this team right now. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it. Okay. So, and he is probably the seventh offensive lineman. Right now, the seventh pick, and also I think the seventh offensive line. I think that is reflective of that. All right, Nathan, pick 38 to you. I'm going to take Cam Bab here, uh, just believing everything that we've heard, and um, you know, maybe as a, uh, a you know, some some get well vibes for this guy, just to just to get a break and and get some kind of shot at some point to do something. You just, I. I've never really seen a guy just this constantly be this snake bit. And um, so I'm going to take him on my team and maybe that'll uh, give him some good mojo. All right. Fighting Bears take Cam Babbitt 38. Steven, to you. Steven, you have quarterback, defensive end, and linebacker. Um, Caden Curry. I like Kaden the way Curry. Ryan Day talked about him. Today. Another guy got talked about because Ryan Day was asked about the fact that Kai Stokes and Caden Curry were the first two guys to lose their black stripes from this class. And Stephen, what did you like about what he said about Curry? He really went into detail. He said multiple times that he thinks that Caden Curry is going to be a really good player and that he's really explosive and strong for his size. Um, if I had to have predicted who would have been the three guys in the spring to lose their black stripes, it would have been those two and CJ Hicks. Um, Hicks obviously hasn't done those yet, but I, I think – I've, I've said enough about Kai Stokes, but with Caden Curry at that Leo Jack position, that seems interesting to me for a guy who at that size and likes throwing the name Bosa around when, you when he talks about himself. So does this, do we think that Caden Curry could actually be the fourth defensive end for this team? You took him ahead of Tyler Friday, who I guess is playing some tackle also. You took him ahead of Javante mm -hmm. John Baptiste, who's been around and has played snaps Mitchell for Melton. this team. Mitchell Melton, who's making the move from linebacker to defensive end, do we think in the fall this could actually be – because fourth defensive end, you get reps. Now, if the first three yeah. are J.T., Sawyer, and Harrison, 
maybe not as many reps, but that's that's like a position. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if there's five guys, three guys who just play and who you just named, and then it's like JJB and Caden Curry kind of fighting for that four spot. And as the season goes along, you see Curry kind of taking more from JJB. Because I think JJ is also, uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste is also working at that Leo Jack position. So yeah. it, it, with those three, with Javante Jean-Baptiste, Caden Curry, and Mitchell Melton, it might just come down to which of those three is better to be the second string Leo Jack behind Jack Sawyer. Okay. Pick 40 to you, Nathan. All offensive linemen left. Yeah, I'm going to take the guy that I think is the most tackle body, and that's Zen Machowski. He'll be my left tackle. Okay. Steven, to you, quarterback or linebacker? Devin Brown. Uh, Nathan, to you? Tackle and a guard. Yeah, and we're getting down to a mix of guys who are maybe both or maybe neither. Um, I'll take Ben Christman. And I guess I'll put him at right tackle. Okay. Steven, you've got a linebacker left. Steel Chambers, Tommy Eichenberg, and CJ Hicks gone, which means like there are a lot of football players here. There are. So Cody Simon, Chip Trainum, Reed Carrico. There's some guys here who are going to be on the field in some capacity. I just don't know if they're playmakers. That's the thing with the will position. But, um, I mean, they blitzed Cody Simon a lot last year. So, I'll take Cody. Okay. It's probably really low for, for a guy who played that much last year. But that's what it is. Pick 42. Uh, Nathan, to you. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which of these um... – these leftover linemen I should take. Yeah. So I, I guess I was off at some point. That's actually pick 43 because we're at the final pick. Steven, you're done, right? Yes. Yep. Nathan's got two, though. I think he's got two offensive linemen he's got to pick. No, I'm just down yeah, to just one more one. guard. I have Machalski, Vimahi, Whippler, and Christman. Okay. I will take uh, Trey LaRue. It's a okay. big guard. To play guard, I suppose. Well, he and Chrisman, whichever. Didn't you write about Jacob James? I thought you'd take Jacob James. I know he like is the backup center with yeah. the twos when Matthew Jones is playing guard with the ones. But and then you already have a center in Whipler, but I don't know if you could play one of those guys at guard. I could have, yeah. And I have not yet written about Jacob James, but he's he's on the on the docket. On the docket. Okay. All right. That's it for the draft. We'll come back and evaluate how it went and what we learned next on Buckeye Talk. Doug, Nathan, and Stephen, again, we just would encourage you, if the weather's nice and you have a free Saturday afternoon, noon kickoff at Ohio Stadium for the spring game. It's also on the Big Ten Network. And also, we'll be covering it. So we will do an exhaustive post-game podcast. We will be texting during the game, 614-350-3315. I think we've had a good week of texting, giving information an analysis to our tech subscribers. You get a two week free trial might be cool to have it during the spring game. I think it's like a nice companion to have if you're not there or if you are there, the Wi-Fi in Ohio Stadium is pretty good. Now 
like we're not just going to be telling you what's happening because you can see that we're going to be telling you instantaneously what we think it means. Oh, this guy just did that. Here's what people were saying about him this spring. Oh, this guy just did that. Wow. Maybe that means this for the fall. I think it's valuable. I think it's fun. 614-350-3315. You send a text to that number. You get back a link to sign up and it's free for two weeks. So you can just do it for the spring game. And then you can cancel it on Sunday on Easter. Cancel our tech subscription on Easter. Get up, go to church, cancel the tech subscription, go to Easter dinner. Be like, hey, why are you late for Easter dinner? It's like, I had to cancel this tech subscription that I signed up for for 19 hours. Um, be great. We'd love to be part of your Easter day by being canceled. What? That's fine. We just we come hang out with us. culture. Yeah. Buckeye talk. We just come and hang out just on Saturday. We just want you to hang out with us on Saturday because it's the spring game and we're going to give you, give you tidbits. Okay. Let's run through the offenses. First of all, Nathan Baird quarterbacked by Kyle McCord running back Travion Henderson, Cade Stover at tight end receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jaden Ballard and Cam Babb, the offensive lines Zen Michalski and Ben Chrisman at tackle Trey LaRue and Enoch Vamahi at guard and Luke Whippler at center. Stevens offense, Devin Brown at quarterback, Mayan Williams at running back, Joe Royer at tight end. Offensive line, tackles, Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones. Guards, Josh Fryer and Donovan Jackson. Center, Matthew Jones. The receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, and Julian Fleming. Steven, how do you feel about your offense in that matchup? Offense versus offense. To be completely honest with you, if somebody told me that CJ Stroud was abducted by aliens and Kyle McCord had the flu and Devin Brown had the start against Notre Dame and Travion Henderson was sick as well, I'd still feel really confident because that's exactly what this roster is, what my offense is. And no Jackson. It's yeah, like, but it, still, I would you, say, I would Nathan, take Notre Dame to win that game. <laughs> you would, I think that's still no CJ Stroud, the, no Trevin Henderson, no Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I still have. Probably four of the five okay. members of one of the best offensive lines in the country, three wide receivers, two of which were the number one wide receivers in their class, and the other one's the son of a Hall of Famer. Mayan Williams is a pretty quality running back. And it's just like can Ryan Day, who has proven already that he's a pretty good quarterback developer, get Devin Brown ready for September 3rd. I, think I like their chances. Did he have ready for Akron? He I, found did, he out about, did he have common cord ready four weeks in the last year to beat a Notre Dame level team? When, it, uh, when they found out on Tuesday that CJ Stroud wasn't playing, if you knew that right now and you basically had six months to get Devin Brown ready, well, that's what we're talking about here. I'm not talking about he found okay? out. Now on the, I don't think those I don't think those parameters were. Expressly, now it's just a dare. Now it's just a dare. And Steven's going to kidnap CJ Stroud <laughs> and Kyle McCord and yeah. lock them in his apartment just to prove whether he's right or not. I think in the end, like, I think Steven has the better guy at six positions and Nathan does at five because Nathan has the better quarterback, McCord over Brown. Nathan has the better running back, clearly Henderson, the better tight end Stover, and you have the best receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you have the starting center in Luke Whippler. And then Steven has the other four best offensive linemen and then two of the, the other top two, two through receivers. four. Yeah, two through four. Two through receivers. four receiver. So, um, I, but- I, the the Jackson Smith and Jigba slash Trevor Henderson slander that was just spoken into this podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not slander. I mean, not slander. Can we stop? Okay, I understand. Yes, his offensive line is clearly better than mine. 
what gives you a better chance to win on a given Saturday? Having Ohio State's two best offensive linemen or having the best running back in the country and the best receiver in the country, which is how we talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba and Trevon Henderson. Kyle McCord has to have time to get Jackson Smith and Jigba the ball and Travion Henderson can't do anything. He has to fight his way back to the line of scrimmage every snap. We'll see. I think, I think Nathan, if you had gotten one of the other top four receivers, I think the fact that Steven doesn't have Travion or Jackson, but he has Marvin, Emeka, Egg, and Julian goes a decent chunk of the way to making up for that. And as you know, your offensive line is a problem, <laughs> sure. which is, which is once, once we did the snake and Steven took the two tackles, but like, do I think you should have taken Donovan Jackson ahead of Travion Henderson? No. Cause then Steven would have taken Travion Henderson. So like, I, I, it just, the way it worked out, it got rough uh, for the offensive lines. All right. Defenses. Steven, defensive ends, Zach Harrison and Caden Curry, tackles Teron Vincent and Mike Hall, linebackers, Tommy Eichenberg and Cody Simon, at safety, Cam Martinez, Court Williams and Kai Stokes, at corner, Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock. For Nathan, defensive ends, JT Tumaloa and Jack Sawyer, the tackles, Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton, linebackers, Steel Chambers, CJ Hicks, safety, three starting safeties probably, Tanner McAllister, Josh Proctor, Ronnie Hickman, and then Cam Brown and J.K. Johnson at corner. Nathan, how do you feel about that defensive matchup? I like this defensive matchup. I mean, I think I have five of the seven starters in the back seven. I think J.T. Tuomaloa is a starter on this team, and I don't know what they'll do as far as a defensive tackle rotation, but the, the upside of people like Williams and Hamilton, I think I like more even than the untapped potential of Vincent or the you know veteran presence of Jaron Cage. So like I I think this is the better defense. Jaron Cage, who was not drafted, by the way. Correct. Um Steven, what do you think about your defense? I like my defense. I think our defenses are basically he's got a lot of veterans that we know are going to play, and I've got a lot of guys who have some upside, some pretty high upside based off the way they've been talked about. Um, I like it. I think I have a defense that if, especially since it's going up against that offensive line, my Zach Harrison might be able to have himself a day. Um, it's quite, but I do. I think it's even with the defenses a lot more even than we're talking about offensively. Even if he does have some more experience than I do, I think if we had, if these defenses actually got put on a field, they would both probably be in the same place as far as where they rank nationally by the end of the season. I wonder Ryan day said on Wednesday, the coaches were going through the roster and talking about guys and sort of going through the depth chart and stuff. I wonder if they did any kind of exercise like this, that we're not, Hey guys, we're not playing Scarlet versus gray. We're not doing a spring game draft, but if we did, and then Ryan day gets to the ninth and 10 offensive lineman and is like, Oh my God, what are we doing? So um, yeah, I think that was informative. I thought it was fun. We will send this out to the texters and have them vote. And we will announce two exciting things on Saturday. One, spring game. Two, the results of the fighting bears versus the fighting means. Who won the spring game draft? This is it. We will see you on Saturday. Keep reading cleveland.com slash OSU because we're going to the coaches clinic Thursday night and Friday afternoon. Reporters are allowed in there. Thanks to Ryan Day for that. To hang out, Bob Stoops is speaking, Eddie George is speaking, Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, is speaking. 
A lot of high school coaches from Ohio and around the Midwest are going to be there. Ohio State assistants will be making presentations. I am sure we will be texting off of that, but we'll probably write some stuff off that too or gather stuff that we'll maybe write later. We also have some things that we want to get out before the spring game. Um, I have a story that I'm working on for sure. Nathan, I know you wrote a big Josh Proctor story for Thursday morning. Steven, you had a big C.J. Stroud story this week. So cleveland.com slash OSU. If you usually only consume the podcast or maybe the podcast and the text, but you don't go to our site that much, there's some really good stuff there right now. Some of it, you have to be a subscriber to cleveland.com to read because, you know, it's a job, not a hobby. But some of it, you don't have to be a subscriber to read. So go to cleveland.com slash OSU, see what's there, see what tickles your fancy. And if you, if you see a lot of stuff that you want to read that's labeled subscriber exclusive, maybe maybe it would be worth trying that out to be a subscriber to our website. So we're not just here to try to beg you to buy stuff all the time, but we just want to let you know what we're doing. And what we're doing is covering the spring game on Saturday afternoon. We hope if you're interested, you can make it out there with your friends and your family. If you see us, say hi. In an alternate universe where I'm a more competent person, I maybe would have tried to set up like a little table and sell some books on Saturday because that probably wasn't a pretty good idea. But it's Thursday afternoon and I haven't thought of doing that. So I don't know what to say. I might have some in my trunk. So uh, I hope you have Hit a big me up trunk. and then come to my trunk and I'll give you a book for Monday. I hope you have a big trunk because I'm going to put my bike in it. So that's oh, okay. uh, that's that's one of my favorite movie lines. So uh, <laughs> if you see me, if you see Nathan, if you see Steven, Steven, just say hello. But if you also want a book for 20 bucks and you see me, we can go to my trunk. So and if you see me, give me 20 bucks and then it's up to Doug to send you the book. Yes. Yeah. Nathan and Steven are my go-betweens. They're my living, breathing Venmos. Um, all right. We'll see you guys Saturday. We'll talk to you Saturday. Until then. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk.